where am I not trusting God? Where am I trying to micromanage my life? And what do I need to release to the Lord? And just stopping and taking a few minutes to do that, it can just truly reframe your whole perspective on your day. And even if you never change anything else, just changing your foundation and your perspective and your mindset of reliance upon the Lord can give you so much rest and peace. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rooted in Christ podcast. My name is Eric Stevens. I'm the founder of Redwood Christian Ministries. Hope everyone out there is doing well today. With me today is wife, mother of six, speaker, New York Times bestseller, author, and online entrepreneur, Crystal Payne. How are you doing today? I am doing great. I am so honored to be here, Eric. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule to to be here. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to have you on as a guest. I've been looking forward to this conversation all week. So I know I got you for a short period of time, so I'm just going to dive right into it. So if you could just share with your audience, where my audience, where did you grow up and where are you from? So I grew up in Kansas, originally from Wichita, Kansas. Then my husband and I moved to Topeka, Kansas for him to go to law school. Then we moved to Kansas City for a job. Then we moved back to Wichita, Kansas for him to start his law firm. And then ultimately we now live in the Nashville, Tennessee area because we both work for ourselves. And so we can kind of live anywhere and we just love this area. Now, is Nashville still one of the fastest growing cities in the United States? It is not the fastest growing city, but it is a very fast growing city. <laughs> it is like the place for people to move to, but it's wonderful. We love just, there are so many families who are kind of in similar situation with being very entrepreneurial and having kind of this interesting work-life balance. And so we're not weird here. Let's just say. <laughs> I remember going to Nashville the first time and I could easily get around. The second time I went there for work, there were traffic jams everywhere. And I said, what happened to this city? So it just, it blew up right before my very eyes. So so let's just dive into a little bit about your faith background, your faith journey. So were you always following Christ? Were you always a Christian? Like walk us through that. Yeah. So I was blessed to be raised in a Christian home. My parents were really like Christ was a huge part of our everyday life. It wasn't just a Sunday morning thing. My parents were very involved in our church, but then also daily devotions and just really seeking to raise us up to know the Lord. And when I was about 11 years old was when I personally started just recognizing my own need for a savior. And when the gospel just really started to impact and influence me in a very personal way. And it was no longer my parents' faith, but it was my faith. And I just remember it was a time period where just that turning away from sin and turning to God and just seeing how I started walking with the Holy Spirit and just really feeling the Holy Spirit in me. And it wasn't just me trying in my own strength, but really feeling like Jesus was in me, his spirit was in me. And it just made a radical difference in my life. I love how you said you you made it personal, it was yours, it became your own individual relationship with Christ. So how much of a role did your upbringing play into what you're doing right now? Well, it's interesting because I was homeschooled for most of my upbringing and I am the second of seven kids. And so I actually, when I started moneysavingmom.com, it was years ago, it was in 2007 and it was really, it did come out of my upbringing because my mom as part of our homeschooling was teaching us to 
practically be able to clip coupons and save money and do grocery lists and menu plans and all of that. And so she taught me a lot of those things. So going into marriage, I had the skills and the know-how that a lot of people don't have because I had that foundation. My parents also really inspired me through, they, when I was really young, got out of debt, paid off our house, and then saved a lot of money, worked really hard, made a lot of sacrifices, and then sold that house. We moved out to the country on this piece of land that they purchased, and we lived in this construction trailer that was mice infested and was just We had to clean it. My dad was the general contractor for a real estate development company. So the construction trailers that they would bring out for commercial development, it was one of those. And so we lived in there while we, my parents helped oversee the building of our house debt-free. And so I really feel like that seeing my parents, the sacrifices that they made and seeing how much then it allowed them the freedom to be able to give and live without a lot of fear and stress when it came to finances that deeply impacted my husband and I, and it really challenged us. It was one of the reasons that we set the goal early on, actually, before we got married, that he was going to go through law school and we were going to stay out of debt. And then after law school, we set the audacious goal that we were going to pay cash for our first house. And we've, by the grace of God, been able to never have any sort of debt, no mortgage, credit cards. And so that's truly by the grace of God and also just our parents' really instilling wise financial principles and then walking that out. And so our heart was to stand on their shoulders so that our kids can stand on our shoulders and take it even further. So are you sharing these tips and secrets anywhere of how you can buy a house and be debt free? (laughs) Well, moneysavingmom.com, I have shared the story on there. And I understand that like our situation is different because Mm -hmm. Kansas, obviously real estate is a lot less expensive in Kansas. But also I think when you start really young, and you're very wise and intentional with your finances from a very young age, then when you don't have any debt and you don't have any college debt or credit card debt or anything like that, then you're in a position to be able to save so much more. And then if you work really hard and are able to just really be wise financially and live on a lot less than you make, it starts to really add up. And so us living in Tennessee now and Having a house that is paid for in cash, that was 15 years in the making. It wasn't just like we were able to in one year save up. It was like it was based upon a little step here, a little step there that just built upon each other and making that commitment to stay out of debt and then working really hard and saving and living on a lot less than we make. And then buying a house that was very much within our means, debt-free, and then staying there and still living on less than we make. And so it's just like this compounding sort of thing that over time it can really add up. And so I just encourage parents, the example that you can set for your kids, and I encourage kids and especially college students and teens, like my daughter, she is 18 and getting ready to graduate this weekend. And we're just looking at her saying, you have so much opportunity right now. Don't waste it because if you're careful and wise now, it's going to pay off big dividends as you get older. One of the things that I was proud of was I became debt-free towards the end of last year. I was It was a huge weight off my shoulders because when I realized how much money I was paying in interest just based off credit cards and then looking at the money that is left over now and what is able just to be done with it, my mind was blown. When you're in college and you're going through your freshman orientation and you walk past all those tables that has all like the credit cards on it and they say, oh, well, 
here's you don't you, you don't stop and think about it. You, I wish that someone had been standing there at that table to say, "Don't do this." <laughs> this is just like that whole instant gratification thing right now. You are going to have to pay for this later, and it's going to cost you even more. Well, congratulations. That is huge. And like you said, I think a lot of people just don't even think that it's possible. And it takes a lot of work and self-discipline and intentionality. But like you said, when you get to the place where you do pay off your credit cards, then you're like, I have so much wiggle room in my budget. And so making those wise choices, it's the short-term sacrifices for the long-term benefits. And it really makes a huge difference. It's God honoring too with your finances. I've seen the opportunity and I give God credit for this. There's just been things I've been able to do to just, that now that I'm not just paying a credit card company, I've been able to just bless other people. You know, it's to make a difference in in their lives or make donations to organizations that mean something to me. So it's, it's one of those things. It is that gift that keeps on giving. It's like, I'm not just paying, I don't know what it is, 19, 24% interest on something I paid $10 for, or now we can actually use it for something that is just this given life and building life for someone else. So it's, it's a blessing. I'm so passionate about that. Like, I feel like if the people of God can get their finances in order, what amazing things that we can do for the kingdom of God. And so that's really our heartbeat. Yes, it does take a lot of stress off of you, but ultimately for us, it's so that we can give generously. And our kids oftentimes will ask questions of like, why aren't we doing this when other people are doing this? Like, I don't know, different trips or different items that all their friends, well, they always say all their friends have this latest phone or whatever. And for us to just remind them of here's the, here's our why. Our why is we want to live on less than we make so that we can give generously. And so the more that we make choices to be able to live on less than we make, the more that we're able to make an impact in other flights. And that's so much more important than having the fancy, latest, whatever thing, just thinking in terms of eternity. I started this principle that if I can't pay for it twice in cash, so if I can't afford to buy two of whatever I'm looking at in cash, I don't need it. And then to protect that, I started saying, well, I'm going to see this item that I want to buy and I'm going to wait a couple of days. And then I'm going to look at it again to see if I even still want or need it. And I started realizing somewhere between that 24 to 72 hour mark, it just, it left my mind. Most of the time I never ended up going back to get it. It helped prevent me from impulse shopping, number one, or putting things on a credit card that I could not afford in cash. So- yeah, we have found that so often people think of a budget as something that would be really restrictive. Like we don't want to be on a budget because that just sounds miserable. But honestly, there's so much freedom because we just know, okay, that's the money that's allotted for that. And we don't have to worry. We spend this money allotted for this thing that we're not going to have enough money for something else. And so we just find there's so much freedom, but it also allows you to be intentional with your finances because it's like you're pre-deciding ahead of time how you're going to spend your money, what your priorities are when it comes to money. And a budget allows you to do that. And so then it's not like you look at the end of the month, you're like, where did all the money go? You have an accounting of where the money went and you were able to decide ahead of time where it was going to go. And I just feel like there's so much more fulfillment that comes from that. And then being able to then have the freedom to generously give instead of just living in fear and stress. And I think it also just prevents so much stress in marriages as well. And just to set an example for our kids for the future. So, and it's interesting because I work in higher education, so I get paid monthly and I, and that switch from getting paid bi-weekly. So probably for the last 
I don't know, 12 years, I've been getting a monthly paycheck. And it was honestly the best thing for my budgeting that could have happened. Because when you know you get paid once every 30 days, you think about buying things a little bit differently. It's like, I'm not going to see another paycheck, especially if you start out living paycheck to paycheck. It's going to be 30 more days before I see more income. I need to be wise about my money decisions. So my financial decision, excuse me. So and one thing I didn't share with you before we came on air was we're going to share all of your links and all of your social media account information so people who are listening can get a hold of you and follow you and interact with you. So is there anything else that you like to say about moneysavingmom.com? There's so much that I could say about moneysavingmom.com, <laughs> but because I've been blogging there pretty much every day since 2007, <laughs> so that's a lot of blog posts. But I think I would just encourage people, if you are looking for ways to find great deals and looking for ways to live intentionally with your finances, we have a couple of different things on there. One, we have a 10 ways to cut your grocery bill by $50 this week. I know a lot of families are feeling kind of that pinch from inflation. So if you're looking for some practical ways to cut your grocery bill, it is a freebie that you can download. It's right on the homepage. And then also if you are looking for great deals, especially as we get kind of later into the year and we're closer to Christmas and all of that, we just really work hard to find the best deals on things that you might be buying to save you money. And so we have a hot deals email list that I personally put together every day, usually one to two emails that I send out. And so you can also sign up for that if you're interested in just kind of getting the best deals every day in your inbox. No, thank you for that. We're going to, like I said, we're going to share all of those links in any way that they can get a hold of you. So and that's going to come in handy during the holiday season. I take a look at that myself because so, I typically go crazy with my budget during the holiday season. So that's when I lose some of my discipline. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about yourself and then your family dynamic. Yes. My husband and I have been married for 20 years. Like I said, we live in the tennis, Nashville, Tennessee area. We have six kids. I mentioned our oldest is 18. She's graduating on Saturday. We have also a 15-year-old, a 14-year-old. Then we had 10 years of secondary infertility. And then we have a three-year-old, a two-year-old, and a just turned 11-month-old. We are foster parents as well. So our two-year-old, we fostered him from the time that he was almost eight months and then adopted him in December. And he has just been such a gift to our home. He has a lot of special needs. He has Down syndrome and a cleft lip and palate and a feeding tube and came to us really malnourished. And so we have learned and grown so much, but he is just a blessing, a gift. We cannot imagine life without him. So, cause that, and one, Congratulations on that. That one, because I've heard you share that before, and it is just an inspiration. So, is there any advice that you would give to someone who is looking to be a foster parent or to adopt? What advice would you give to someone in looking to do that? I think that really being on the same page with your spouse, if you are married, is so important. I talk to a lot of women who they want to foster, they want to adopt, and their husband is not on board. And they're always like, how can I get him on board? And my thing is, do not try to get him on board. Stay quiet and look for ways that you can serve foster adoptive families, because there are so many opportunities to be able to serve families without fostering or adopting yourself. So look, local churches, local nonprofits that are doing things that 
that are really serving these families, they are always needing volunteers. There are lots of foster and adoptive families who just need someone to pray for them, to support them, to cheerlead them, to come alongside them, to run errands, to babysit, to cook meals for them. And so start with that if your spouse is not on board and just really pray and seek the Lord. And if I truly feel like if God is calling to this, he is going to put that in your spouse's heart as well. And so I think just being on the same page is so important because it is going to be hard. There are going to be really difficult days. And if it's only one of you's kind of thing that you decided to do, it's going to get really hard and it's going to probably cause a lot of stress and tension in your marriage because, you know, when it gets hard and they're going to look at you and be like, this is your fault. And so you don't want it to be like that. You want to know that God called both of you to it. I feel like I have 20 more questions just based off that alone. I got to get you back on here for that <laughs> to talk more about that. But the reason I'm bringing all this up, because you also have a new book out called Time Saving Mom. And I think having a lot of these conversations up front is one of those ways to save time or even save some of these tough moments like you just talked about. Talk to us about the Time Saving Mom book and then tell us exactly maybe some of the inspiration that was behind that. Yeah, so I never thought that I would be writing a book on time management. It's something that I'm really passionate about. And in the writing of the book, I realized oh, this is something that for years and years has been my heartbeat. I opened the book actually sharing about when I was 18 years old at my high school graduation, I was homeschooled. So I got to give a speech and my speech was all about time is short. And it's something that just for years, I've really wanted to live my life very intentionally, but I also keep life very simple. And I feel like simplicity is a superpower. And so, yes, there are all these amazing different planning systems and all these things that you could do with spreadsheets and charts and I just don't do any of that. I keep it really simple. And so my publisher, they just begged me to write this book, honestly. And I was like, you guys, it's so simple what I do. But in the writing of the book, I realized that there's a lot of people who are looking for simple as well. And my heart behind the book is to really help women, especially, but anyone can benefit from it, but women, especially that you can juggle a lot enjoy your life and accomplish what matters most. That's the subtitle. And my heart behind it is just to really help people live a life that is intentional. And that's going to look different for every single person. Like for our family, that looks like we've been called to foster and then adopt and be in the world of special needs. And that is just something that God's called us to. And so having the margin and the capacity in our life to be able to do that and also just really pour into our community. That's something that we're really passionate about. Every person, it's going to look different, but living life with margin and capacity allows you to be able to live much more intentionally. Just like we talked about with budgeting, like when you pre-decide how you're going to spend your money, you're going to spend it a lot more intentionally. Same is true with your time. I'm a big fan of, I talk about time block to-do list. And so pre-deciding your priorities and pre-deciding how you're going to spend your day, like a budget for your day with lots of wiggle room and lots of grace because interruptions are going to happen. But if we just get up and let life happen to us, we're probably going to get to the end of the day and be like, what did I even do? I'm very tired and I was very busy, but I don't have anything to show for it. And so I feel like time and money are so similar in the fact that we, if we don't pre-decide, we don't pre-decide our priorities and we don't pre-decide how we're going to spend time and money, it's just going to slip through our fingers and we're not going to have a lot to show for it. To to your point, one of the things that I've recently started doing lately is I've actually been blocking out 
because I'm obsessed with my calendar. Now, that is one thing I use all the time. <laughs> my Google Calendar is my best friend because I will put everything that I have on that calendar and it's color coordinated. So when other people see it, it drives them crazy. It's like, what is all this? Well, it's separated from work, church, Redwood. I know exactly where I need to be at what point in time, but I have started blocking out my actual times of rest. So I actually make sure I have a Sabbath day on the calendar always, and it's not getting interrupted. I've also, I'm working on a leadership curriculum right now for Redwood Christian Ministries also, but part of that is I'm taking, part of that curriculum is telling leaders how to rest. And I'm looking at on a daily basis now where I'm trying to take 10 to 30% of my day where I rest and do nothing. And for everyone, whatever that shut off your brain moment is, it's going to look, it's going to look different. Is that reading? Is it listening to music? Is it going for a walk? Is it exercise? It's going to be different for everyone, but just making sure that I'm not busy for the sake of just being busy and not even getting to the point of burnout. Because mm -hmm. by the time I realize I'm about to burn out, it's too late. I'm probably already burned out. <laughs> I am such a fan of rest. And I actually talk a lot about it in the book. I'm also a huge fan of Google Calendar. That is like my brain. I feel like without Google Calendar, I would not function well. I just brain dump everything in there. It's like my vault with all the things that I need to remember, but I don't have to remember them in my brain. But rest for me, it's that acknowledgement of God is in control. Like when we feel like we have to do all the things and it's all up to us, then we're going to constantly just feel like we need to go through life hustling because we're the ones that we think we're in control. But when we really release that control and recognize that God is the one who is in control and he's a lot better at running the world than we are and we can rely upon him and look to him then we can truly rest because we're not trying to carry all the things that we were called to carry. And we're just releasing that. And I feel like rest is an active trust in the Lord. It's like us saying, I trust you, God, that you are in control. And so I'm able to rest because I don't have to be the one in control. Now, in, and that's really good. It's great when we just remember that God is God and he's been doing this since before time. So he probably knows what he's doing, right? <laughs> it's one of those things. Like if he rested and it's not because he had to, he was showing us the principle of this, right? The importance of this, who am I not to? So it's, to your point, I, it's, I had to get intentional with the resting piece because I'm that person. I enjoy working and I enjoy my to-do list and checking things off in different color pins. So that for, for me, that's fun. But I have to remember, you have to shut this down at some point just so you can be good for the things and charge the things you, you have to be available for. Because being present for the things you're supposed to be present for mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, that matters. That matters. So in your book, you have a four-step system. Is there anything about that you can share with the audience? Yes, absolutely. So I'm all about alliteration. So it's four Ps, and that is to pray and then prioritize then plan and prep and pray. We always talk about just pray, pray every day, but I really break it down. Like, what does it look like to truly rely upon the Lord, to release our control, to relinquish our need to micromanage all the details of our life and to live from that place of rest of God, you are bigger than me. You are wiser than me. I am going to trust you for today. And I'm going to walk in your spirit. And I'm going to rely upon your spirit and not try to feel like I need to do it all in my own strength. And then going throughout our day, relying upon the Lord. I talk about shooting up flare prayers. So sometimes when it's like, 
I don't know how to handle this situation, or I don't know how to respond in this. I don't know what to do. I don't have the words. I mean, it just even like before I stepped into this interview, like praying and just acknowledging God, inviting him into my day. And he's already here, but inviting him to show up and be faithful. And then I go throughout my day anticipating how he is going to be faithful. And I often pray multiplication prayers, as I call them, like, God, multiply my sleep, multiply my energy, multiply my strength. And just to get to see him be so faithful to multiply the little bit sometimes that I feel like I have to offer up and he will multiply it for whatever it is that he's called me to do that day. So pray is the first one. The second one, prioritize. I talk about my six times two priority system, which is that I have six priority areas that I wrap my time in my life and my energy around, but I only focus on two per day. So I only really spend intentional time in two areas most days, but then I rotate the areas that I focus on. So over the course of a week, I've spent intentional time in all my priority areas, usually twice. And so looking at your week as a whole, instead of your day as an individual unit, this has been really helpful for me because I think we can oftentimes overload ourselves with to do's and shoulds because we think we need to be focusing on all our priorities at one time in one day. And that's just really not possible. We can't do all the things well all the time. So focusing in a few areas every single day and then rotating the areas that we focus on. And then to plan, we've talked about Google Calendar that I use to brain dump all the things, anything that comes in my mind. I brain dump it as an all-day task on Google Calendar. My Google Calendar probably looks a lot like yours with all the colors and the different calendars. And some people will look at it and be like, that looks so overwhelming. But I'm like, you know what? It's out of my brain. And that's what I need. I need breathing space in my brain. And so putting it all in there. And then before I go to bed, I write out a handwritten time block to-do list for the next day based upon what is on my Google calendar that needs to be accomplished. And this has been so helpful for me because I used to be the kind of person who would try to do 37 hours worth of work in a 24-hour day. And then I'd wonder why it was 5 p.m. And I had so much more to do. It was like, I'd set myself up for failure because I was trying to do too much in one day. So a time block to do this really helps me. It's like a budget for your money where, you know, this is the amount of money that you have. This is what your paycheck is. So this is what you have to work with. Same is true for our time. We have 24 hours and some of those need to be spent sleeping and some of those need to be spent doing nothing, like just have free time in our day. And so then what realistically can I accomplish in this day? And that just helps me to be a lot more intentional with my time. And then finally to prep. And I talk about your morning and evening routine, kind of prepping yourself for the day well, and then also prepping your mind because I feel like so often success or failure starts in our mind. So many people say things like, I don't have time. Well, if we have that mentality. It kind of means that we are a victim of our circumstances, a victim of our calendar, instead of, you know what, what can I do with what I have where I am? And so instead of saying, I can't do that, ask, what can I do? Instead of saying, I don't have time, say, I'm choosing to spend my time differently. Because when we change and shift our mindset, it empowers us. But also you say, I'm choosing to spend my time differently you're saying, well, what am I choosing to spend my time on? Is it something that I really want to be investing my time and my energy in? If not, then we need to make some shifts and some tweaks. And so mindset matters so much. And I also talk about 
Feelings follow action. And so stop waiting for the feelings to come, get up and take the action. And oftentimes feelings will follow. Wow. I'm glad that we're recording this so I can go back and just take some notes. <laughs> so I knew you might've touched on this part already, but I want to just throw this question out to you. I know I have you for only a few more minutes, but is there any of your experience that you feel if a mother implemented today that they could benefit from? Absolutely. I think one of the first things I talk about prayer, I start the book with prayer because I feel like we can add in all these cool charts and we can create these systems, which can be good. But if we don't start from that foundation of recognizing that we need to be relying upon the Lord and that we, as Allie Worthington talks about in, in one of her books, she talks about how we are supercharged superhumans with superpowers because we have God's spirit in us. But so often we are over here trying to white knuckle our way through life and we're feeling exhausted and we're feeling overwhelmed. And so for a mom today, I would say the one thing, it's not even going to take you really any extra time. Just start your day as you're getting dressed, as you're putting on your makeup, as you're fixing your hair, as you're making breakfast, praying over your day, inviting God into your day, saying, God, I need your help today. I have that meeting that I feel kind of overwhelmed with, or I need to talk to my child about this thing, or I don't know what to do. My child is struggling, or there's tension in our marriage, or I really want to be pursuing this one thing, and I don't know how to do it. And just putting it all out there, inviting God to just walk alongside you and asking for his help and for his strength, and then relying upon him. And when you start to feel overwhelmed or when you start to feel stress rising up, see that as a red flag that you're probably trying to control some things in your life and just stop and release that control. Where am I not trusting God? Where am I trying to micromanage my life? And what do I need to release to the Lord? And just stopping and taking a few minutes to do that, it can just truly reframe your whole perspective on your day. And even if you never change anything else, just changing your foundation and your perspective and your mindset of reliance upon the Lord can give you so much rest and peace. A lot of times when people see, see where we are today, that's what they only see. Like, this is where we're sitting today. They may see the A or the Z, but they don't see everything like in between. And you shared a lot of things that you've been of where you are right now. I'm just curious, just for the audience, is there anything in your early years of parenting that you worried about that you wish that you hadn't or someone would have said, don't worry about this? <laughs> I wrote an entire book about my parenting failures. It's called Love Centered Parenting. And basically how I started parenting with this, these really idealistic views of like, I was going to do everything right. And in chasing after right, I worked so hard to correct my kids that I was not connecting with them. I was so focused on my reputation. I was parenting for my reputation, for what other people would think that I wasn't parenting for relationship with my kids. And it was all about rules and it was all about the end results versus walking with my kids. And so as I look back, I wish that I would have just enjoyed them more, cared a lot less about what other people thought and just really understood. This is a big part of that book love centered parenting is about understanding how much I'm loved by God, because when I rest in how much I'm loved by him and let his love flow out of me to others, I worry a whole lot less about what other people think, because it's not about impressing them. It's not about my reputation. It's not about living up to some standard that I think that maybe they have for me. 
It's about just resting in who I am in Christ and living out of that and just trusting that it doesn't matter what other people think. What matters is that God loves me and I'm so loved by him and I don't have to do more, be more, try harder to attain his love, but I can rest in his love and then live out of that love. It's going to produce the fruit of the spirit when I understand how much I'm loved by God. And so then that has really changed my marriage. It's changed my parenting. It's changed my friendships. It's changed my business. And it's just given me this kind of underlying foundation of just rest and joy because I know how much I'm loved by my heavenly father. Is there anything else that you want to share with the audience as far as how you've stayed rooted in Christ or how you've kept your family rooted in Jesus? Anything else on top of what you shared already? Because you've dropped so many nuggets on this episode. I think to just understand and like if I could say one thing to every single person that God is so faithful in these last few years I talk about in the book walking with David our little two-year-old who has a lot of special needs and them coming DCS dropped him off in the middle of the night on at our door and brought in boxes of medical supplies we had no training we didn't know what the medical supplies even were I knew very little about down syndrome cleft palate cleft lip I'd never done a feeding tube before I didn't know any of these things and I he had a surgery three and a half weeks later that was a major surgery I had to learn so much and it was overwhelming because he was so malnourished he was lethargic and he could barely even hold his head up. He was super tiny. He was almost eight months, but he was in zero to three month clothes and just really sickly. And yet God has been so faithful. I could just recount story after story after story of God's faithfulness. And that when I didn't have what it took, when I didn't know what to do, that he would provide, he put a person into my life right then that would give me some word of wisdom or connect me with someone who would, it would be the answer that I needed. And so I just say like, God is so, so, so faithful. And we miss out on so much because we're trying to walk through life in our own strength. And so if there's one thing that I can say, like lean on Jesus, get to see him be so faithful and hard times can be some of the best times because that's whenever we get to see God be so faithful, the goodness of God. And so when you feel overwhelmed, when life feels like too much, that's when you get to lean and rely upon the Lord and you know that there's no way you could do it in your own strength, but you don't have to because we have Jesus. I don't know how you're going to top that for the final segment of the show, which is our let them know segment. This is where you can share anything you like with the audience. Thank you so much for being a guest on here today. Thank you for just taking the time out to, to just share with the audience. And just thank you for your transparency also. But this does bring in the final segment of the show. This is our let them know segment. So is anything else you'd like to share with the audience, please, Crystal, let them know. So I feel like probably the what I just shared would be the thing like when it comes to faith that I want to let people know, but if we're going to talk practical, because I do feel like God has given me the gift of communication. Like for years, I wanted to be one of those writers that would just write the words that were poetic, that would just make people go when they read it. And that's not who I am. Like that's not who God has gifted me to be. He's gifted me to be the person who take big picture ideas, break them down in bite-sized pieces. So if you're looking for just practical encouragement, I'd love for people to follow me on Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram stories, just sharing the behind the scenes of our very real life. I do not sugarcoat filterize stuff. I just show up as I am because I want people to see 
see what it looks like to follow Jesus when it's hard and to just live your everyday life with your hands open to saying, God, I'm just going to trust you and see you be faithful. And so I'm the money saving mom on Instagram. I also have a weekly email newsletter that I send out with time saving tips. It's super short, send it out on the weekend and you can go to timesavingmom.com and sign up for that. And when you sign up, you will also get a free download for 24 ways to add an extra hour to your day. So if you need some encouragement, some practical ideas, timesavingmom.com. Thank you so much for that. I have one last thing that I ask all of our guests to do. If you wouldn't mind praying this out before we conclude this episode, we would really appreciate it. I'm happy to do so. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for every single person who is listening to this, who is watching this, and God, where they are. I don't know what burdens they're carrying, what their heart is heavy with, what they're feeling overwhelmed by, but God, you do. You are the God who is enough. You are Emmanuel, God with us. We don't have to white knuckle our way through life because we have you. We have God's spirit in us. And I just thank you so much. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you for sending your spirit so that we can walk through life relying upon you and seeing your faithfulness, seeing your goodness. Thank you for hard times that push us to the cross that push us to Jesus, that allow us to rely upon you like never before and to see you be faithful like never before. And I just pray for every single person who is listening, who is feeling the need to just rely upon you, but they don't know how, that they would just open up their hands and say, God, I need you. I don't know how to do this, but I don't want to be doing this in my own strength anymore. And just show up and be so faithful and surprise them and show up and show your lavish love in ways that they can never dream or imagine because you are the God who is not only enough, you are the God who does exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. And I'm just so grateful and so thankful. And I just pray also that you would just bless Eric, that you would just pour out your blessing on his ministry and his heart. And I just thank you for the work that he is doing. And I just pray that you would bless it abundantly and that he would see so much fruit from his labors. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, I just thank you for Crystal. I thank you for her yes. We thank you for just everything you're doing in her and through her father. Lord, I just pray your, your traveling mercies over her as she is, as her family is going out this weekend and going out for the remainder of this week, Father. Lord, I just thank you just for everyone that that her testimony is going to touch and has already touched, Lord. I pray that you just continue to open doors for her. I thank you for the divine appointments that you're going to bring her way. And I just pray a hedge of protection around her and her family, Lord. And I pray you just continue to just give them strength, wisdom, courage, insight, as they just continue to be obedient to the call that you have in their lives, Lord. We just pray and ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Crystal, thank you so much for doing the show today. And I'm going to have to get you back on here because now I feel like there's 13 other topics that just popped up during this podcast. So I will have to look to schedule you again sometime in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity. It's such an honor. I will be in touch. Thank you.